Hello and welcome back to another episode of Faking Injuries. Here at Faking Injuries, we are the American ambassadors to the beautiful game of football with a particular lens in Europe. In today's episode, we're going to run through our ever-growing archive of young prospects in football who we've been tracking on FootMob that we think are candidates either for bigger moves within their domestic leagues or bigger moves on the continent. So let's get into it, Charlie. These are some of our favorite episodes. We love this app. We love the Norwegians that make it possible for us to scour day in and day out. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, no, we're so cocky. We not only think that we can be future club owners and deserve to be, quite frankly, but we also like to play the role of scout as well. So whenever we do take over a club, look for us to be like Todd Bowley in the first transfer window, making all the moves, signing who we want, Maybe even like a forest summer. That's what we might do when we finally get our club. So we are the best scouts in the world. I'll be a little more humble and assume we're not the best scouts yet, but not unlike a lot of these gems here, we definitely have potential to be refined into A-list football directors. And yeah, it goes without saying, if you're going to be an American owner, you're basically an American owner operator. And the operator refers to the fact that you have just bought this football club so you can sit in and be an active participant in all of the negotiations. You know, maybe an extra 10% to go skiing if you bought a Swiss club or indulge in any of the other local delicacies. But 90% of it is just to have fun in the foot mob, FIFA-esque realms of that role. So let's get into it. I'll tee it up to you, Charlie, first. Let's start at a high level here with a player already in a big five league in Italy this time. Yep, we're talking Morten Hoimland, who plays for Lecce in Syria. If you don't know anything about Lecce, they are a very youth-focused squad. I think they're one of like the top five youngest squads in all of the big five leagues, let alone Syria. They have an interesting recruiting strategy. They're picking guys from all over the place, but this guy comes from Denmark. He's 23 years old, midfielder. He's pretty tall at 6'1", and he's really impressed this year and clearly caught the eye of some Premier League clubs because, just to give it some context, he's got four assists in the league and 20 starts. He's only missed two games this year for Lecce's ideal 11, and they're doing pretty well with him running the midfield. They're currently sitting around 13th in Serie A, which anything outside the relegation zone is money for them. Leicester City, Southampton, and Roma, all interested. Apparently, they're giving bids of the $12 million range, but Lecce are looking closer to 20. So I would expect him to go 15 to 20 mil. He's 23, so he's entering his prime theoretically right now. And it seems like a good time for him to make the jump up to a bigger club. Personally, I think he should go to Leicester City. And to that point, it's an interesting path that Hyoman, am I pronouncing that right? There's all these fucking guys from Scandinavia that have some variation of Holland, Headland, Hyomand. Hoyland. Hoyland, exactly. So apologies if that's wrong, but it's an operational hazard that I'm sure he's very familiar with by now. I digress, but looking at his trajectory, came through the academy ranks at FC Copenhagen, moved to Austria, not a move you see a lot. I feel like Denmark to Austria. Played, looks like, three campaigns there, two and a half or so, from June of 2018 to January of 2021. And then Lecce snapped him up in January of 21, and that provided a perfect platform for him to get integrated into the squad while playing in Serie B 
And I feel like this is a good mold of development often. We see it with players who are candidates to get transfers after their first year in the top flight league. It's, hey, they come from a newly promoted side. They've been in the squad for the last year and a half or so, so it's not like this is anything new. They didn't just get transferred here for the club's new season in the top flight. So good for them. They're actually doing pretty well in 13th spot, so not an imminent relegation threat, but you can never really be too sure when you're a newly promoted squad. Yeah, and you're always rolling the dice when you're experimenting with a squad this young, right? Like, I think they start this 19-year-old midfielder, Juan Gonzalez, like Spanish midfielder. Like, they go super young, and as we've seen in Southampton's case, it's not always going to work out perfectly, but they're gambling, and I, I think it's worth a gamble to take on Morten Hoimland because... He's not just an unknown quantity in the Danish league. He's been tested in other European leagues. Austrian league is pretty solid. And Syria, he's completely thrived in, which just feels like the right stepping stone to an even bigger club in the Prem or Roma, maybe. I like it. Anything else to say on this beautiful Dane or should we keep him moving? Let's keep him moving. I don't think we have any other beautiful Danes in here, do we? Nope. Let's take it next to Westerloo, shall we? This isn't the first time that we've been nosy investigators in that corner of Belgium. We ran down Lyle Foster's 9 million euro transfer to Burnley that went down in January. But in looking through the rest of that squad, now that Foster's gone, our eyes really only go one place, and it's this beautiful left back from Westerloo. Do you want to run down an initial synopsis? I'm sure I'll throw in some more effusive praise along the way. Yeah, Maxime de Cooper, he's been their best player this season, a complete standout statistically. He's got seven goals and six assists in 26 matches, so basically playing every single game. And that's a goal involvement every other game, which is pretty ridiculous for any fullback. He's on loan from Club Bruges, who are just watching their asset appreciate significantly in Westerloo. You would know better than I do, who's their current left back at Bruges? Because I feel like they might need this guy back. For the majority of this season, they've actually been riding with an even younger left-back prospect, Bjorn Meyer, 19-year-old Dutch dude that's been running up the left-side flank for them. But De Kuyper, from an output perspective, has really outshone his counterpart, who's still at the parent club. Looking at Meyer, it's not the worst output, one goal and four assists. But if we were to do some adjustment for the fact he's put up that at Club Bruges, who should be the perennial champions, dominate possession, have more opportunities, versus De Kuyper, who's been at Westerloo, I have to imagine they were thought as favorites to be relegated this campaign. And be putting that intensive attacking output on paper is fucking nuts. Just looking at his YouTube, because it's hard to watch Westerloo week in and week out, even if we wanted to. Just the balls that he puts in the box from really anywhere on that left flank, whether close to the byline, cutting it back, low crosses on the ground, more arched ones, early crosses as well. He's got an arsenal of delivery in there, and I kept thinking any team that's in need for a left back, I really wish he was right back so we could once and for all solve that issue at Crystal Palace. Alas, he's not, but this guy is destined for bigger and better things. Only worry here is that I think he's an older 22-year-old. Maybe that deters some of the top, top clubs from buying someone on the older end of that youth range. Are you saying the top clubs treat players like Leonardo DiCaprio treats his girlfriends? I'm not saying they don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like Taylor Swift in All Too Well, you know? She's not the best at telling jokes, but the punchline goes that I get older and your lovers stay the same age. That was in reference to Jake Gyllenhaal, allegedly, and respectfully, but not too different than what we see at the existing front offices of top football clubs. I'm shocked how up-to-date you are in your T-Swift drama. No, it's been a whirlwind of a January. I've spent too much time in the depths, the throes, if you will, of T-Swift playlists. But she's got some bangers on the new album. I'll finish my tangent there. I feel like I learn something new about you every day. Where are we going next? (laughs) I'll throw it to you. I'm not as in touch with this young prospect central midfielder in the championship who's been killing it apparently, but Alex Scott at Bristol City? Yeah, so... I've been following Twitter, Not the Top 20 is a pretty good one, where they just talk about the football pyramid, not including the Premier League, and a few other Twitter accounts that highlight championship players. And this guy's name kept coming up, Alex Scott, very British name. Hard to really build a premier brand around a name like that. So to hear that he's really popping out to the scouts says a lot about the play he's putting out. Absolutely. So he's a 19-year-old midfielder who has been rumored pretty heavily to make a move to the Prem this summer. Likely a bottom 10 team, if I had to guess, maybe a mid-table squad. I don't think any of the big boys will look at him, but he's intriguing. He started every single game for Bristol City the last two seasons. Four assists this year. He had six goal involvements last year, and he just seems like an ideal fit. Also an England U20 prospect, he just seems like a no-brainer for a club like Crystal Palace or Southampton to take a gamble on him as an eight. We've seen a lot of guys make that transition from top of the championship to bottom of the prem relatively seamlessly. And the fact that he had two excellent seasons at Bristol City at 18-19 has to pop out to you no matter what his stats say. Yeah, that's pretty impressive to be thrown into the mixer that young and arguably the most important area of the field, right? Uh, Because the championship is fucking insane. It's everyone burning their boats doing as much financial shenanigans and sketchy accounting as you can do, all in hopes of making it up to the Premier League. So to see him holding shit down in the central of the park for two years is no small endorsement. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Sounds like a summer move is on the horizon for him. Let's keep it moving, though, because we got a few quick hits outside of England, outside the big five leagues for sure. Let's take it really far away from any of those places. And that is Karabag in Azerbaijan. Let's talk a little Musa Gurbanli, if we've got that one right. Yeah, I think that's right. So Musa, I found out about him after Karabag played Ghent in the Conference League. And, you know, on FootMob, you just click through a little bit, see who's in the squad. And the first person I clicked on was the striker for Karabag, had never heard of him. Turns out he's a 20-year-old six-foot, left-footed Azerbaijani striker. And his stats just said 16 goals in an unknown quantity of games. So That's smart. 16 goals in any European league intrigues us. 16 goals from a 20-year-old definitely intrigues us. But I think FootMob might need to step their game up because I don't even know how many matches this guy's played. What if it's 16 goals in 50 matches? I'm not quite sure how the Azerbaijani league operates. Yeah, I kind of like the trick that they've done there. I'm sure FootMob would point to maybe just lack of resources to have the most up-to-date knowledge on some of these fringe leagues. But I think there might be something more surreptitious going on here. Maybe Karabag, who are the dominant club in Azerbaijan, 
It feels like they've tried to wield a little bit of the corruption that I'm sure they do domestically just to be like, hey, can we keep the number of games played out of this? Because evaluation will be greatly impacted based on whether that was, like you said, north of 100 matches he's putting 16 goals in, or if it was a 20-piece in which that goal output per 90 should have him on a train heading westward towards the European mainland. But we'll see. Already getting looks in the national team. Left footer, that's fun. It's really hard to scout in Azerbaijan otherwise. We did our best. We did. Looking at a map, this is probably the most scouting we did, and I just did it 10 seconds ago. Pretty close to Georgia. So if we're going to build that venture capital style super club in a region like we've talked about before, hunting the next Kavicha, there might be some synergies in putting at least a mailbox in Azerbaijan, trying to find the next Musa or just Azerbaijani Kavicha. <laughs> Yeah, as Western Europe and those top leagues just get infiltrated with big money, we might need to look more and more towards Eastern Europe for our future club. Exactly. And can we officially call that Eastern Europe? Where does Eastern Europe end and Western Asia begin? I know it's the central thesis of the book I'm reading right now, but that still hasn't been answered. Yeah, I think your answer will defer if you ask a British guy or a Russian. Okay. (laughs) Good to know. That's something we'll hash out in a future episode. But let's keep it moving with a few more quick hits. And this one might be as quick as a sentence, but what can you tell me about Oscar Schwartow? We only know one thing about him, and that's that he's a 16-year-old playing for Bromby, and he plays a decent amount of minutes. And that just pops for us. Yeah, this is more of just like an IOU to us in the future. We're marking it down Check in on little Oscar maybe once in the summer, once this time next year. See if he's continuing to play. Bronby, one of the more historic clubs in Denmark, top two or three historically. Closer to the bottom relegation area of the table right now, but I think they're going to put their future on Oscar's still growing 16-year-old shoulders. He might not still be growing if he's like Makoko. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> well, in that case, best of luck, Bronby and the accountants trying to plug the books there. All right, second to last guy I want to run down here, playing for Ghent. We touched on them briefly, just in reference to how you discovered Musa Gurbanli with Karabag's victory over Ghent in the Conference League. But we just like to applaud Ghent because it looks like they might have unearthed a diamond in the rough. We like to really pat ourselves on the back for our extensive coverage of Norwegian domestic football. But admittedly, that's mainly in the top flight. And it's obvious in hindsight how we've missed such a great prospect. But in the second division, Gift Orban, 20-year-old Nigerian forward, playing at Stabak in the second division in Norway. He absolutely tore shit up. 18 goals in 23 matches for them. Didn't take long for Ghent to notice. They brought him in in January. And in his first match, he scored a brace. So that feels like Holland level of I'm the fucking truth shown you in the first appearance. Are we just ready to anoint this guy as next up? Yeah, I'd say so. I think he scored two against Westerloo as well, which we mentioned earlier. So a lot of connections here and a great defense if he was going at DeKuyper the whole time. That's very true. So, yeah, I think he's one we definitely need to track and see if he can keep up the goal record because... It is impressive, albeit the Norwegian second division. One thing we'll have to figure out here is, A, if we have the name correct, because you never quite know on Foot Mob. It might be a legal name and they go by something else. But also, we just love 
Nigerian names. They are the gift that keeps on giving. A name like this, gift, as well as our favorite, I think in Norway, but Franklin is his first name, middle name Daddy's Boy, and I forget the surname, but just always providing great names and a little different than the Western culture that we're used to. Agreed, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Next player I wanted to quickly call out is Georges Mikatadze, a.k.a. the next Georgian Messi, a.k.a. Kavicha Light. Diet Kavicha, if you will. I've been pretty vocal before this podcast as well as earlier in this podcast. My mission in life is to, like the explorers before us, trying to find the mouth of the River Nile. I'm trying to find the source of all the Kavichas all of the next Georgian great football prospects. And I think I've stumbled on perhaps next up, and that is Mikatadze, 22 years old, center forward, kicking it in the French second division, solid goal output and overall attacking contributions this campaign, 11 goals, five assists so far in just 22 matches. Not bad, about three goal contributions per every four matches. I will say I'm a little bit sad here because I don't think he was born and raised in the Georgian heartland where I'm sure peaches grow just as much there as they do in our Georgia, but more likely he's a classic person from France with a very ethnically diverse background, this time from Georgia. But we got to watch out for this guy, and I think if I'm his agent, you really have to be riding the coattails of Kavicha being like, this guy was... Kvaratsky, his best friend growing up. They trained at the same place. Try to draw on all the parallels that you can. Agreed. You might want to even claim to be cousins with him. Just the same bloodline as Kavicha would add 20 mil to price tag. Yeah, create like a fake grandfather that they share. And he was the Georgian Pele at the time. But for some political reason was just absolutely written out of the history books. Just spitballing here. Are we going to have to watch a Mets game at some point to actually see this guy? Yeah, not an actual New York Mets game, but FC Mets, the real Mets that America cares about, we might have to figure out a way to watch. Maybe like most things, we just say we will do it and see what actually happens. But that's it. We're committing next fortnight or so, seeing if he is the uh, next Georgia Messi, as we say he is. Let's do it. All right. I feel like it's time we pull out of the depths of the European leagues, the second divisions, the Danish and Norwegian leagues. Let's pull up to a league we're a little more familiar with, the Bundesliga, because we have two prospects we need to highlight. One is just a, a re-highlight, rather. But we want to start with Jamie Bino-Gittens. Noah, do you want to take this one away? Yeah, this is a far cry from some of the deep cuts we've unveiled to this point. A lot of people, especially those who watch on a weekly basis, might be familiar with Bino-Gittens, but his background, 18-year-old English winger, Getting his first full consistent look in at Dortmund. He's got three goals and one assist through nine matches already. Overall, output aside, in watching the last few Dortmund matches, it's clear he's getting trust. And on that left wing is a danger that maybe we haven't seen since Sancho at that position. And with Sancho, there's a lot of parallels there. If we apply a little pattern recognition that humans, for all of our flaws, we're pretty good at, both studs in Man City's academy, both left in search of an earlier route to first-team playing time, obviously not the easiest thing to come by at Man City under Pep Guardiola, but 
wanted to go to a top tier platform and perhaps there's no greater club that fits that bill than Dortmund known for giving youngsters opportunity to play show off their skills and when the calls come in and the money's right they're willing to let them go back often to England so I'm really expecting on the basis of what I've seen with my eyes recently for him to continue getting playtime for him to continue getting goal contributions and if both those things happen there's going to be calls to repatriate him immediately as possible if Madweke is going back to Chelsea for 30-plus million pounds, Bino Gittens is coming for a 40-piece in the next 6 to 12 months. Yeah, he's certainly passed the eye test. He looks really impressive. feel like he's going to be Dortmund's next big young winger, like you said, like a Sancho. He just seems to take a lot of the boxes. And Dortmund are so good at doing this, right? Poaching these guys when they're young from academies or places where the big boys aren't going to shop because they don't want to go that young with their team. Dortmund have no fear of it. And this guy's getting minutes and he's fully deserving them because he's been unbelievable. Yeah. And as far as the youthful crop that they have on the front lines, he seems to be, at least to me, not watching Dortmund every single match. But if you had blind resumes and were just watching him versus Adeyemi versus Daniel Maland, he seems to be like the premier prospect among them. That's all I really have on Bino Gittens. I'm putting our full faking injuries endorsement behind him and look forward to seeing him move back to England shortly. Let's keep it in Bundesliga, though. We've talked about the man before, the drip god that he is, but probably worth just hearkening back to why we love Quadio Kone at Borussia Mönchengladbach so much. Yeah, he's definitely a guy we've raved about before, but... I just feel like we need to keep bringing him up and have him just have our official stamp as being one of the world-class center mids in Europe and needing to get a move to a top, top team. I really want this guy to get the perfect move in the summer, and someone better be showing up with a fucking Brinks truck. Yeah, no off-brand Brinks, PNC Bank-looking-ass truck. I want it to be an electric Brinks truck at that, too. Like, the next generation of Brinks boys. We might need a few Brinks trucks for him. I think he's pretty easily my favorite midfielder outside of the Prem now, and in my opinion, he can go to any top club and thrive. It was reinforced by his game against Bayern Munich. He just played unbelievable in their 3-2 win. While he didn't show up on the stat sheet in terms of goals and assists, if you watch the game, he was by far the best player on the pitch. He won 12 duels, 4 successful dribbles, 10 passes in the final third, which is absurd because players that average... Three to five are seen as pretty elite, and he created a big chance that his teammate whiffed. What are you gonna do? It's Mucin Gladbach. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's just an all-action midfielder, and he feels kind of like a Kovacic type of role to me. He can carry and dribble the ball with his insane levels of drip, but he also has ridiculous tackling output and just hates to lose a 50-50 or a duel. And you can tell because he's always moving. I think he needs to join Liverpool or City, honestly. He's top tier box-to-box midfielder, and both of these squads are in need of midfielder depth in the summer. Yeah, Liverpool would be exciting. He would really go a long way in rejuvenating that geriatric squad. I think you summarized it all pretty well. Another guy who came up through Toulouse, who've just been one of the best academies over the last decade, probably going back further. Think of other central midfielders like Sangare have come through the ranks of Toulouse as well, even if not from Toulouse in just the French league, right? We've seen this before. Don't mess it up. 
France produces so many talented players across all the lines in the field, especially once we see them seamlessly slot into another non-French league. Like, what else do we need to see? I'm so high on this guy. Six foot one, 21 years old. I seriously think he could be considered on the same level as a true Amani or a Kamavinga and deserves that move to a top club. Yep. So something to look out for there. But I think that's all the players we wanted to run down today. We love doing it. Probably our fifth or sixth foot mob specific episode. Definitely won't be our last. We'll see once the Scandinavians return our email if we can get an official sponsorship. But even if we never get that, we'll do it for love of the game and love of that beautiful company that I'm sure does wondrous things on the ESG front as well. Thanks for listening as always, guys. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Faking Injuries and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. That's all for us today. We love you guys. Bye. Love you guys. Ciao.